People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. All right, so guys, we get people from all over the world on our podcast. That's what I love about it. I get to learn about new people and find out other entrepreneurs out there that are really busting their butts and uh, working hard, and it's inspirational. Uh, this guy today, uh, Joseph Carrasco, uh, is is one of those people. He has his own band. He has uh, multiple podcasts. He has a t-shirt business. He's got all kinds of stuff. But I butchered your name, man. Tell everybody your name for real. <laughs> My name is Joseph Carrasco. There you go. Uh, there you go. You, you did good, man. Like I, It's better than when I go to doctors sometimes and they say Joseph Crisco. I'm like, where did you get Crisco from that? But <laughs> <laughs> Well, dude, born and raised in Texas. How was everything during COVID down there? Because we're in Virginia. We had lockdown, but it wasn't nearly as bad as New York City and L.A. What was uh, Texas like? Um, we had... Um, the mandates, we had the mass mandates, um, and that's pretty much the extent as far as, um, what was going on. I, we did have lockdowns, but it didn't last long. Last year was pretty much, it felt normal. Um, and then when they made it to where the mandates weren't, uh, there, there's still stores that ask you to mask up here and there. Um, but for the most part, we, we, we live normally. Um, I work from home. My wife works from home. Um, and then, of course, with the way technology is now, you know, you have all the, the DoorDash and all that stuff. Um, the HEB, which is our Texas grocery store, they do curbside um, and they also deliver. So it made it to a point where we didn't really even have to leave the house, um, which was great. Um, the, the, the COVID thing just I mean, we do it every day anyway. We, we were homebodies, so um, we didn't really feel too much effect um, for it. My girl, my daughter's going to start school soon, so we're going to see kind of how that works as far as um, the school regulations. But <laughs> so you have you have two young children. Oh yes, sir. I okay. Have a, um, I have a five year old and a two year old. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ours were born in the pandemic, so I was afraid they wouldn't recognize people's faces. But yeah, right. uh, everything, everything's yeah. good. Everything looks like it's going to be all right. Um, I just feel bad for those kids who are seniors in high school. They had to go through their senior year like that, you know, or or not yeah. have a senior year. Yeah. yeah. And not to mention, they probably got that their proms and homecomings and all that stuff probably got canceled. So that's right. probably rough. Can't you can't redo that, man? No. Yeah. So uh, you wanted to be an actor when you were growing up. Uh, yes, sir. When I was little, um, I looked up to Jim Carrey a lot. So Jim Carrey was kind of my idol. I, I come. My family has two sides. We have a very serious side of the family, and we have a very goofy side of the family. And I fit in the goofy side of the family. Um, I, I'm an optimistic uh, individual, but I also am just very out there, um, and I'm friendly. And um, I always wanted to kind of dip my toe into comedy and um Jim Carrey, uh, uh, what was it, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective was one of the first movies I ever saw as a kid that I remember, and uh, I, I had a VHS of that, and I wore that tape out from watching it. <laughs> nice. Wow. Did you ever Did you ever try acting or comedy or anything? I did, I did theater um, when I was in middle school and in high school, um, but the funny thing about acting and, and it's kind of with the whole comedy thing too, I've always aspired to want to be a stand-up comedian, but I went down the musician route. Um, and I actually like the musician route better because I'm playing with a group of people. So it kind of takes a little of that stress away. Yeah. Um, and me and my friends have actually had this conversation. I have friends that are, that are comedians and I have a lot of friends that are musicians and it's funny um, how we've kind of found the correlation between the two. A lot of comedians want to be musicians and a lot of musicians want to be comedians. Um, but out of the two, I think comedians have a harder job because they don't get to really practice like bands do. They have to go on stage and, and, and practice their material in front of people. And that actually is as much of a narcissist as I am, that is terrifying to me. Um, so I never really pursued that once I, I, I found music. <laughs> well, magic's like that. I mean, you work on a new trick and you... Just from your knowledge of how audiences react and how you're going to get them to misdirect, to look over here or to do this or to please people, you try to work out what's going to happen with that new effect. But you never 100% know until you try it out on stage. 
So yeah, yeah. And you kind of have to like build that way. So it's like, okay, the distance works and I got to go back to the drawing board and, and kind of, yeah, that's nerve wracking to me. <laughs> it's just, it's just life, man. Magic's the same way though. Uh, magicians want to be comedians, want to be, um, everybody, if you have straight hair, you want curly hair. It's, yeah. it's like that magic. <laughs> it's like that music. It's like that in comedy. I, I hear it all the time, man. Um, eventually, I, eventually, I think I'll, I'll do it because I, I have some like ideas and bits that I'm kind of trying to craft. So, eventually, it's on my bucket list. Eventually, um, I'll, 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 I'll go out there and I'll, I'll do an open mic and, and see how it goes. Open mic <laughs> night. Well, I mean, if the yeah. band is still together, uh, you're doing all solo stuff nowadays, though, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, the band that uh, I, I, I took the name from one of my old bands. Um, they, they said i could use it um that band never officially broke up just life got the better of us and everybody kind of started having kids and, and work and so the band just kind of stopped practicing um and I, I carried the mantle of that band and the name and continued writing solo music so as of right now i'm just kind of like a studio musician um and then it allows me to i started doing solo music so i could learn how to mix and master and get better at that because i wanted to learn that side of the music industry um, and it's also allowed me to, um, with other podcasters, do intros for them, um, do voice acting as well, along with make, creating music for them. So that's kind of the avenue I'm going right now is making solo music, but also doing like jingles and stuff for uh, podcasters. I love it. I, I Yeah, I liked your intro. I, I really liked it. I was looking at some of your stuff today for your one sheet. Um, the reason uh, I was asking about if the band was still together, because there's a, a guy named Rob Zabrecki who was a musician, and I don't know the name of his band. It was L.A. It was based out of L.A., I think. But um, he was just on a break one day and went to a magic shop and grabbed a trick just to do while the, the guys were taking a drink break or whatever, and he did a magic trick on stage, and the magic bug bit him, and he's a, he's been a full-time magician ever since. But to try out comedy while your band is taking a break or something, or just to say a line in between. Or opening it up. Or open up the yeah. You could be the opening act of your own band. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it would work because um, the idea that I actually have for eventually, I would like to hire musicians and and do some some gigs with the original music, um, but it was going to be from more of a theater aspect. Um, So opening up as 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 a comedian up up front would be kind of cool because I could go out there normal, um, and then when I actually dress up for the show. Uh, people won't know that it's one me doing comedy and then me being uh, uh, in a costume as as a band member later on. <laughs> that's, wow! That's cool. There you go. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, besides wanting to be an actor, you also uh, really were thinking about being a, a a wrestler for a while. You looked up to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, I'm an Attitude Era kid, so um, WWF, uh, even WCW back in the day, I was super into. Um, I was that kid that when they said, don't try this at home, I, I tried it at home. <laughs> um, and I used to do backyard wrestling with, with friends, and, and I, I spent a lot of time in hospitals when I was younger. Wow. I did a lot of things. <laughs> Your poor mom. <laughs> so, right, she, she, she hated it, and, and I, I, I went in. I've, I had, I've had staples and stitches in my head. I've had... Um, I tore um, skin off my left leg right uh, underneath my knee, so they had to literally pull the skin back up and, and stitch it together. Oh, and, gosh. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've done a lot of dumb stuff, um, and wrestling didn't help um, that at all. Because I was – and again, it, it my pain tolerance might be high because of it, but um, I definitely – aspired to do it and i really loved when the the reality shows came out with like tough enough and all that stuff i really wanted to get into that stuff uh but i think uh my love for music just kind of uh, overshadowed everything else (laughs) are you still into wrestling do you watch it every week uh i don't i stopped watching wrestling uh when basically when john cena came around was kind of my tell off of me stopping the wrestling train um like I said, I was more into the attitude time. So when John Cena came, I still remember John Cena's first wrestling match, though, uh, before he became, like, the rapper dude and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I just recently actually bought a Nintendo 64, so I'm going down to South Lane playing WWF No Mercy. On- <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, we're going to talk about your dad real quick before we talk about your bass guitar. With, okay. you had You had a stepfather that was... On your notes here, it said it was he's bipolar, 
um, alcoholic and he abused you. Was was that because he was just frustrated with you uh, wrestling in the backyard and have to take you to the hospital every week for stitches? <laughs> no, I think um, I think it boiled down to um, the fact that I don't think he really wanted me in in his life. Like he wanted to date my mom, but he didn't want the whole package. Um, yeah. that's that's the, the best way I, I can I, I can kind of fathom it in my brain is that um, he wanted to be with my mom, but he didn't. Because I have a sister as well who's ten years older than me. That's what I was very asked. Did you have siblings? Yeah. Yeah, when my when my mom met my stepdad, I was around three or four years old, and um, my sister was like 13, 14, and she didn't like living at home with my mom because she thought my mom was too strict. Well, she had an out, which was her stepdad. So she went to go live with her stepdad. Um, and so my, it, I think my and my dad's, my stepdad's mind was like, okay, I got rid of one of them. How do I get rid of the other one, you know? Yeah, go on. Um, so I I never knew my dad. My my story of how I was born is also still kind of fishy to me. Um, this, my mom told me the story, and it just doesn't make sense. My family knows the story. It doesn't make sense. Um, so I think as bad as it sounds, uh, I think I was a quote-unquote mistake or I wasn't planned. Um, but uh, I'm still here. I'm, 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 I'm living my life. My stepdad taught me a lot of things, um, what not to do. Uh, he was very verbally abusive towards me, very physically abusive towards me. Um, his alcoholism was on another level. It was so bad that uh, if he didn't have alcohol, he would drink uh, vanilla extract or Listerine. Golly. Oh. And then that mixed with him being bipolar really um, didn't mix well. Um, so there were times when I would be in my room minding my, business, my own business and he'd come in there and he'd punch me in the face. Just because oh, he's pissed off because he can't get his fix. So, wow. oh man, I hate hearing this. Uh, is he <laughs> is he still around? Is he? What's that situation? So when I I was I was always kind of a small kid. Um, now I'm you know as a grown adult I'm six one about two forty. Um, I've been six one since I was about twelve or thirteen years old. So when I hit that age, uh, I was able to defend myself. Me and my stepdad got into it and it was during the time when my mom and him were separated and they were getting a divorce he thought he could still talk to me the way he used to talk to me and uh we actually got into a fight in the walmart parking lot and uh i knocked him out right in front of his car and then i walked into walmart and walked around walmart until he came to um so after that he left me alone and then he started trying to talk to me like we were buddies but then when my mom and him finally got a divorce uh, we moved to California for a couple of years to be closer to my sister and her babies. Uh, we didn't like California, so we ended up moving back to Texas about two or three years later. And here we are in 2022, and my stepdad has yet to forget about my mom. In his mind, he thinks they're still married, even though legally they are divorced. And in the past five years, he has contacted my mom twice. The first time he contacted my mom, he called her to tell her that he had cancer. And my mom is so cold-blooded that she said, and? Um, oh. and he was just like, well, forget it. I was just calling because I, I needed somebody to talk to. And my mom basically told him, like, you made our lives living hell. Like, you you created the loneliness that, that you were living. So you're going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, and my mom thought that was going to be the end of the conversation. Uh, literally a month and a half ago, police in another county were able to get a hold of my mom somehow, and they mentioned my stepdad. He had gotten arrested. Uh, I guess he was in an ambulance, and he started freaking out, and he fought the EMS, and then he jumped out like a madman and started running down the street. Oh, my goodness. So the, the police were called. They arrested him, and he said he won't talk to anybody but his wife. Um so when they called my mom, they asked if he, if she was the wife of, of this individual. And my mom started laughing. She's like, I divorced this dude like back in 2000. What is, what is going on? So she basically told the cops, I am not um, related to this guy. I'm not married to this guy. I've been divorced to him. Please don't contact me. And please don't give him any of my information. I changed my number for a reason. And the officer said, yes, ma'am, we completely understand. We'll take care of it. And that was the last we heard of him. Wow. Golly, man. 
That's crazy. And, and, and I, I live in Texas, too, so we're constitutional carry. And uh, my mom lives in the same complex that I live in. She takes care of my babies during the day. And so when she, she told me, I basically told her, I was like, you know, I'm just a hop, skip, and away. Uh, if there's an issue, call me. And she, and she knows. So um, she's not she's not scared at all. Um, but she does think it's kind of weird that after all these years, he still um, thinks that he's married to her. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> wow. Well, he's just a... That might just be part of his bi- bipolar. He's got on. he's got yeah. issues. He's yeah. got, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And that's why I told my mom, I was like, I'm not playing any games, with, especially with my kids involved. I know what he did to me as a child. Right. Um, I don't want him anywhere near my, my children. Yeah. 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 No, I totally get that. So you... Uh, you hinted a little bit about your daughter was named after somebody famous, something like that. What was that about? I am a comic book nerd at, at heart. So uh, when I first met my wife, one of the first things we talked about, um, one of my, um, when, when we were talking about what our do's and don'ts are for our relationship, I uh, jokingly said one of my uh, things is I want to be able to name my kids after comic book characters. And I asked her if she was okay with that. And she was completely okay with it. So I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She's like, do you have a name in mind? I was like, I do. So uh, when we had our first kid, which was my daughter, we named her after Rogue from the X-Men. And, um, you know, I wanted to name them after comic book characters that weren't too outlandish. Um, So, like, my favorite Deadpool character, or my favorite character is Deadpool. uh, But I wouldn't name my kid Deadpool because it just seems a little weird. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the same thing with my son. When my son was born, the, my wife was like, well, what do we name? What's Deadpool's name? And I was like, Wade Wilson, but I don't want to name my kid Wade because it's not, it's too common. You know, I want something that's uncommon, but not so far left field that people are like, what were you on when you made your kids? Um, so we named our kid Rogue uh, based off of the um, 90s X-Men animated series, uh, the Southern Belle that is Rogue. Um, that's what we we named my daughter. <laughs> cool. Wow. Wow. And the other one, does the other one have a comic book name? So my son, so my daughter is named Rogue Sinclair. Her middle name is Sinclair, but we spell Sinclair with a Y. Okay. Um, and I just wanted something that kind of flowed well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with my son, um, I gave my wife more of, of, of the leeway. Cause I was like, you were, you gave me the freedom to name our, our firstborn. I was like, what do you, what do you have in mind for the, uh, the, the boy? And she's, my gamer tag on PlayStation is Rogue Zed. And she's like, I really like Zed. She's like, that sounds cool. And I was like, okay. I was like, so you don't want to go comic book? We were going through the comic book names. We were thinking Xavier and, and stuff like that or Odin. Um, but then she, she liked the way Zed sounded. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, do you have anything from a movie or something you want to pull from? And uh, so his middle name is actually, I believe, I may get this wrong, so she may get mad at me, but I believe it's from Underworld um, with Kate Beckinsale. Um, I think there's a character named Lucian. Okay, all right. On that movie, so his middle name is Lucian. So his name is Zed Lucian. Wow, that's different. Yeah, that's cool. It flows well. It really goes together well. Ours yeah. are ours are all named after Superman characters. Yes. Oh, nice. Wes, Wes is a Wes is a big Superman fan. I mean. Oh, nice. He's wearing a Superman shirt right now. So. My dad, my dad turned me on to George Reeve uh, when I was a little boy, sitting in the in the basement watching black and white George Reeve, staying up late. So yeah, um, so I have Lana is my oldest daughter. Uh, that was Superman's girlfriend's name, Lana. And then um, we knew we had a baby coming in twenty twenty, before the pandemic. We we already had yeah. one in the in the in the hopper. <laughs> and we came up with the name uh Julian Clark for Clark oh, nice. for Clark Kent but Julian was Lex Luthor's uh twin brother's name that died in childbirth and then we found out that we had twins coming 5 months in the pregnancy so we named the other twin Lex so nice. it's Alexander but we call him Lex so we have uh Julian Clark and we have Lex so yeah and Lana so all superman but they're, yeah, you'll, they're... Get along great. you'll get along great with my co-host for one of my podcasts. He's he's a DC guy. I'm the Marvel guy. And he's constantly teasing me because I actually have DC stuff in my room. And so he's like, are you sure you're not? You're like a closet DC fan? I'm like, no, I just, I have, I, the Joker, I've always been fascinated with the Joker as a character. So he's one of my favorite 
not only just DC villains, but all-time villains. I, I'm really into, into his character. Joker <laughs> can be done really well, and it can be done really cheesy. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's let's get back to you. Uh, we'll talk about comics. We'll have you on again to talk about comics. That'd be fun. Um, uh, definitely. So you got your first bass guitar at age of 14. Was that while you were healing from backyard uh, wrestling? How'd that happen? No, that actually, um, I credit that to my mom. Um, that, that day, walking into that store, kept me out of gang activity. I grew up in a lot of rough neighborhoods, and my mom could see that I was kind of going down um, a pretty dark path with some of the people that I was hanging around with. And uh, at the time, we had a music store called Mars Music, and it, which is now Sam Ash, but Mars Music was going out of business, and my mom, I saw that, and I was like, Mom, you know, I've really been thinking about wanting to pick up an instrument, and she was just like, what instrument? I was like, I don't know, like maybe bass guitar or something, and of course, me at that age, you know, going from wanting to be an actor to wanting to be, you know, in the WWF and, and, and all this stuff, my mom looked at it, I was like, oh, this is just another venture that he's going to pick up and then, you know, forget about. So she was a little apprehensive at the time, but um, I've talked to her about it since, and she she admits that what made her walk into that store was she was a little worried about where I was going uh, with the people I was hanging around with. And once I got into music, my group of friends completely changed. I started hanging around more musicians and stuff. Um, so I went in. I didn't know what I was buying. I just grabbed a bass off the wall that looked cool at the time. and It was on sale, and I got it super, super cheap. Um, and funny enough, that's actually my favorite bass. I still have it to this day. Uh, many people have tried to buy it from me. Uh, they love the way the tone is. It is a Brawley bass, which is made by um, X-Fender. Um, workers, people who work for Fender, uh, had this side business, and I don't think Brawley's around anymore. But it's a four-string active pickups, and it just sounds beautiful. I've, I've babied it, but I have taken it on the road, so it's, it's roadworthy. Um, and that base, I attribute that base to where I'm at today. I don't think I would have probably made it at the, the age I am today had I not gone to that music store and my mom bought that for me. Wow, that's so awesome. Go, Mom. That's awesome. <laughs> She's my biggest fan, man. Um, I love my mom so much. And there's a story that I've told before um, that I hold close to my heart. But uh, I don't know if you know, but maybe your listeners will know of a band called Mantis from back in the day. They were on a show called Battle of Ozfest um, on MTV. I actually did a show with those guys. And um, the singer, me and the singer were, were talking. And it was I had a lot of revelations that night. One of them was I learned how to talk to famous people. In the sense that, um, you know, they're just regular people. They're just right. like you and me. Uh, you don't have to fanboy over it. Half of them don't even really want to talk about that stuff. Um, and then the other one was, I'm I'm very fortunate to have the mother that I have uh, because I was talking to this guy and we were, you know, having a good time. And he was telling me that he, he admired the fact that my mom was at the show. And he goes, does she, does she go to all your shows? I was like, every show she can, she's at, especially any that are in Texas. Um, if she can go on the road with me, she will. And uh, she's my number one fan. And she's always cheering for me. And uh, it got to a point where he almost looked like he wanted to cry because he's like, man, you know what? He's like, I've been doing this. Uh, I've been on TV. I'm considered a national act. I'm signed to a label. And my parents still don't go see me perform. Wow. And we had this moment. And I was like, you know what, man? Hold on. And I called my mom over. I was like, mom, come here. And I introduced him to my mom, and I said, Mom, tonight, you're going to be his mom. And she's like, okay. And so she grabbed him, and this dude was bigger than I was. She grabbed my, my mom's only like 5'4", and this dude was like 6'4". My mom grabs him, gives him a hug, and she goes, uh, I'll be out there cheering for you. And sure enough, they went on to play. My mom was in the front row. He even had security detail make sure that she didn't get hit by anybody during the moshing when all the craziness was going on, and she <laughs> stood there during the entire set and cheered him on. It was it was a beautiful moment. Wow. Dude, that's so awesome. Wow. Dude, I love your mom. Your mom's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's she, I mean, she she has her own flaws like everybody does, and, and there's times when she gets on my nerves, and I know I get on hers, but at the end of the day, you know, a blood's thicker than water, man, and, and, and I appreciate, even though I don't tell her every day, um, I do appreciate everything that she has done for me and the sacrifices that she made for me. And, um, you know, it's, 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 
kind of brushed off on me and, and, and I know what it's like to have to make sacrifices for, for people you care about because I'm having to do the exact same thing for, for my kiddos. So um, I totally appreciate everything she's done. So if your listeners are listening, um, call your mom. Tell your mom you love her. Yeah, because <laughs> it's a blink of an eye and they're gone. I lost mine four years ago, dude, and it's just weird. I mean, holidays, anytime you do anything... I got my own television show. Who do I tell? I tell my wife. Well, she has to cheer me on, but it's different getting a it's different getting a pat from your mom or getting a hug from your mom and saying congratulations than it is from your wife. You know, um, it doesn't actually have to cheer you on if she doesn't want to. So I mean, <laughs> well, honey, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Be happy, honey. Yeah, I'm, I'm, happy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I know. I know. I know. So um, the feeling of having a parent just saying I'm proud of you. Yes. You know, it's, it, it, There's nothing it's like it. Completely different than a spouse. Yeah. So, 2005 to 2009, you toured all over and opened up for national bands. What bands did you open up for? We opened for bands like um, one of the bands, I, my my least favorite bands that I opened for because they they're kind of buttheads was Dope. Um, <laughs> I learned from that that like sometimes you just don't want to meet people that you admire because it's a disappointment. Mm. But uh, on the other side of that coin, we played for bands like Flaw who um, watched every single local band play. They were really cool. They, they, they didn't hold themselves above anybody else. They sat at the bar and they cheered on every single band, the smaller bands. They got to hang out with them outside. The drummer actually took his, his dad on tour with him, so I got to meet the, the, the dad and his dad and my mom were talking and having a good time because it's two parents that are cheering on their, 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 their kids. Um, I did... Uh, trying to think what was the biggest band we played with um it's i can't even think but I, I i've played with hundreds of bands so I, it's just pretty much throw throw a, a dart at the wall and, and you'll hit a band that we've, we've we've opened up for um the problem though in san antonio is you get on these these festivals um and the promoters just kind of screw over the smaller bands not knowing any better um, so a lot of those shows we played for free for quote unquote the exposure. So mm. we did a lot of festivals that had even bigger bands on it, like System of a Down or Slipknot or something like that. Um, but we were just like the, the no name shitheads in, in the background, kind of like, "Hey, we're here too." <laughs> wow. No. So, yeah, we, go ahead. Yeah, we we did a lot of those, um, you know, not getting paid and and kind of. Just going on the road and, and, and hoping hoping for the best, um, you know, and I met a lot of, um, it's funny because the, the bigger bands were cool, but me personally, I like the smaller national acts, uh, bands like Flaw, bands like Mower, uh, the, the singer from Mower, uh, you know, protected me from a security guard one, one night. Uh, I was helping, my friend's band was playing and I was, I was a roadie for him and we were unloading all the gear and I was going in and out of the venue security guard watching me do this and then right when we were done loading up the gear i was going back in because i wanted to watch um head pe play because they were headlining and all of a sudden the security guard grabs me by the by the shirt pulls me back and says there's no in and outs i was like are you serious right now you see me literally going in and out grabbing gear now all of a sudden i'm not allowed to go in he's like sorry man no in and outs and so the vocalist from mower saw that and walked over and He's like, hey, man, like, why are you being a dick? You saw this kid. And at the time, I was I was young. I was probably, like, 17. He's like, you see this kid going in and out. He's, he's the roadie for one of the local bands. Like, don't be a jerk. And he's like, I'm just doing my job. He's like, yeah, but you're 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 picking and choosing what you want to enforce. And so the mower guy's like, whatever, dude. He starts cussing them out, and he, he grabs me, and he's like, no worries, man. You, you, you're hanging with us. I was like, okay, whatever. Cool. <laughs> so I'm out with him, and. He ended up, he's like, who are you here for? I was like, well, my friend's band's playing, but I'm here to see Head P.E. He's like, well, I'm in Mower, man, and we're about to play before Head P.E. I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know who they were at the time, but he got me back into the to the, um, to the the venue, which is funny because he had his pass, and as he walked by security in the front, he's just like flicking them off while he's holding his pass. Gets me in, gets me back in, inside, and goes, hey, man, go have fun, and don't forget to check us out. I was like, hey, man, you got you got a new fan regardless if you guys suck or not, just because you're a cool dude, man, and, and I that's awesome dude but you were you were almost signed you you or your band were almost signed at one point correct oh uh, yes the first band that i was in which is funny enough I, I spent four years learning how to play bass and then i ended up playing drums 
uh, for the first band that I was in. Um, that band, we drove to uh, Dallas, Texas to play in front of some A&Rs. And it was a, a group of bands that were playing. Uh, we sat down with them. We had a meeting. And with that particular A&R that we were talking to, they basically were telling us, because we were still super, super young, they liked our style, they liked what we were doing, but because we were such a, a young band and very naive, um, they were a little hesitant to sign us, um, and they, they basically, we still had their information, they wanted to keep in touch with us as we grew, um, so there was potential there, but I think other band members didn't take the meeting as well, because the band kind of started to break apart after that, um, but... Yeah, I'm glad, though, that I never did get signed because, um, you know, technology has really changed and is really uh, with streaming services and how easy it is to become famous with your music. Um, I, I think I like the, the, the trajectory that I'm on musically um, and it didn't I didn't grow up being a spoiled, um, overconfident type of dude i think uh the music industry probably would have chewed us up and spit us out and i would have probably made me jaded and and i'm kind of glad that i didn't go that route (laughs) and you know it doesn't have to be that way the executive if you guys were talented and good yeah you're naive but you know what take them under their wings and help them don't Mm -hmm. just you know i don't i don't get the you're too young you're good you're too young we'll sit back and watch and it's like well you you have the knowledge. Why don't you help us? I, I don't. I don't exactly. get it. Yeah. And we were, and and that band, funny enough, was was the reason why they were interested in us was because at the time the hardcore scene was really blowing up, and we were everything but that. Uh, we were sixteen, seventeen year olds that were obsessed with Iron Maiden and Rush and that eighties metal, and so we had that style in our music. Um, we we had the, the the dueling guitars and the harmonies and the guitar solos during a time when it was like breakdown city. Everybody had breakdowns in their music. We didn't have that, um, so they were interested in it. But I, I I think that it also was maybe we were just too much of a risk um, for them to pull the trigger because we weren't hardcore. We weren't what was popular at the point. We were basically trying to revive uh, an era that we didn't grow up in. <laughs> you know. Well, the music that you sent me this morning, that that's all you? Are you doing every instrument? Uh, yes. The music in Among War, um, the, the YouTube link that I sent you. Now, the recording on those were done by my buddy Adam uh, because at the time I didn't have an in-home studio, but I did write everything. So I basically wrote the music. I composed everything. I sent it to him, and he recorded those two tracks for me. Um, I am doing the vocals on those as well. And he helped me record that stuff. The other track that I sent you where I told you I wrote it because I was just bored, right. um, that was me at, at trying to attempt to write something outside of metal, something that was a little more, I guess you could say radio-friendly. Um, and that is me also trying to get better at mixing and mastering. So I am playing every single thing on there. I did do the mixing on all of it. And, uh, yeah, it's just me kind of experimenting to see where I can uh, – get better in my uh, art uh, both musically and uh on the engineer side dude it's really cool that you do all of it super super talented man that's awesome that's awesome i i wanted to have the mentality of of being self-sufficient um again with the way technology is it's it's made it easier to be a one-man operation and i mean you guys you telling me all the stuff that y'all do you know it's a lot of work but there is nothing better than the, the satisfaction you get from being like, I did all of that and, and taking the time to learn those crafts. Um, you know, I've had friends tell me, dude, why don't you try to turn that into more of an income? And it's like, well, uh, money, although money is cool and, and I, I enjoy money, I think everybody enjoys money. Um, that's not why I, why I do it. I do it because I want to be able to say, I took the time to learn how to do this. And I, and I, and I, want to learn as much as possible i never say that i master a craft because i feel like the moment you say you've mastered something you closed off all windows to any other outside ideas uh within that craft so i'm, I'm always a teacher of learning or a, a student of learning and um if i can teach great but uh you know my work is never done i'm always trying to be better than i was yesterday when it comes to anything that i do so 
It's funny, you know, the older you get, you start realizing, you know, the deeper in any subject, whether it be magic or comedy or working out or anything, the, the more you research it and the more you look into it and the longer you live, the more you realize you don't know anything. It, mm -hmm. it, you know what I mean? Uh, magic, yep. I, I've been doing magic my whole life and there's so much to learn. I'll never learn it all. Working out, I'm 44 years old now and I'm still learning stuff. It's and your body changes, but I mean, it's just it's so crazy. It's it's yeah, never stop, never. It, yeah, it, you're never done. That's what I tell people too when they when they ask me like about my mixing methods or how do I record podcasts or how do I do videos, and I always tell them like there there's no like right way to do things. Just do it, and and you're gonna fail. You're you know you're gonna have to experience that failure and figure out what you did wrong to become better. Um, you know, the way I record may be different the way somebody else records. The way I edit my videos, um, I'm not going to sit there and say this is the end-all, be-all way to do it. Um, you know, and especially with the younger generation, they, they come up with cool ideas, and, and I want to take those ideas and implement them into what I'm doing and, and, and try to figure out, okay, how can I work smarter, you know, not harder? And, um, you know, th that's one of the reasons why with a lot of musicians, you, you see that. And I, I'm pretty sure you probably see that in the magic world, too, but... In the music world, I refuse to jam with anybody who comes with that mindset of like, I've been playing guitar for 25 years, man. There's nothing you can show me that I haven't already done. That I don't want to associate with that person. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because, yeah, it's just like, no, nah, man, that's not the way to look at it. Like, there's there's no wrong way. To, it's art. At the end of the day, it's art. And if, if, if you feel comfortable with the way you've done it and you feel confident in what you're doing, then more power to you, man. I'm, I'm going to be your fan. I'm going to be behind you being like, hell yeah, man, I'm not going to tear you down and tell you, no, nah, you're doing it wrong because this is the way I do it. Like, I don't like that mentality and, and I try to stay away from people that, that, that carry that type of mentality. Do you see yourself as an artist? I mean, I totally, from outside looking in, you're just oozing creativity and art constantly. Do, are, do you see that in yourself? Um, no. I question what I do all the time. Uh, my brain never shuts up and it's always running and I don't sleep much. <laughs> um, and especially doing all of this now, I, I, I grew up being, I grew up in a poor family and the mindset of like, you need to work, you need to have a job and you need to make money and you need to do this and that. And, and, and I'm trying to kind of break that mold because, um, I want to have a different mindset. And the, the, the thing that always worries me is that, Yes, I, I love creating things, but I'm, I always question if, if I'm doing it at the right time. You know, now I'm in my 30s. I have two kids. And um, if it wasn't for my wife being the strong person that she is and, and, and telling me that I could do this stuff um, and having my back, um, I would be miserable working a nine-to-five job uh, doing the what-if, uh, you know, scenario in my head all the time. So mm -hmm. the fact that she allowed me to do this and, and go forward, uh, says a lot about her and, and a lot about our relationship. But at the end of the day, I, I, it feels weird to tell people that I'm an artist. Um, I, I, I just, I just do what I love, and I hope that people like it. But at the end of the day, I don't seek validation from others. Um, I make this stuff because I enjoy making it. I put it out there to find like-minded individuals. Um, so even if people don't like it, that's fine. I wasn't intending it to 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 be for you then. Um, and the people that do get something from it, that, that's what matters to me. Especially when I have people come up to me like, uh, I don't know if you checked out the song Point the Finger, but Point the Finger is actually about my stepdad. Um, and so when I have people message me about a song and how a song has touched them in a certain way, that to me is so much more valuable um, because it's like, cool, man, we found common ground and, and, and uh, uh, understanding that most people – uh, will never understand, and so that makes me closer to other people. At the end of the day, I just want to, sh you know, spread love and 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 as hippie as that sounds. Um, but yeah, I, I find it weird calling myself an artist. Um, I'm just a dude that likes to make stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, but you're you're writing music, you're writing lyrics, you're you're creating art, uh, art that you sell with your wife. I mean, everything you're just oozing art. I don't know. Um, I'd call you an artist. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, outside looking in. Well, thank you. Yeah, and then like with, with, with the music, man, that's just, I, I write what I know. I write what I feel. Um, and I want to, uh, that's one of the reasons why I kind of want to pull away from more of the heavy stuff and try to uh, create more uh, atmospheric type music 
to really kind of drive home the lyrics as well. I want the lyrics to be that icing on the top, but I want to create the atmosphere musically as well. Um, that's why I started kind of doing the poetry stuff. I don't know if you checked that out, but um, I've always kind of been into voice acting and the art of Foley. Um, and so I wanted to kind of experiment with that. But the main point behind me trying to recreate poetry and give those words um, atmosphere in life is purely to kind of attack it from that angle to be like, okay, now how can I take this and create music the same way, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, my mind never stops. So it's, it's always, I'm always trying to find new ways to do things and, and uh, just, yeah, it's, if, if I don't do this, then I will be in my tub rocking back and forth like a crazy madman. So uh, I'm, I'm not into alcohol. I'm not into drugs. Um, you know, doing shows, that was my drug of choice, was, was the, 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 the feeling I got being on stage. Uh, I miss it all the time. My wife knows that I miss it. Um, but being able to create and just put my ideas out there, um, I'm fascinated with anybody who can take, take nothing and make it something. It, it just fascinates me. Yeah, I don't know how you're not on stage. That would drive me crazy. It once you once you get that bug of being on stage, the, you know, the pandemic killed me, man. It was I don't know how you do it. Um you you're sitting at home writing music. You're you're still letting that creative outlet. I I know how you're doing it, but not being on stage in front of an audience, the live feedback, instant gratification. There's yep, nothing like it, man. Everybody could experience at one point in their life. Um, it, it's it's an experience like no other. Yeah, and, yeah, and you doing music, uh, um, magic, and then seeing people's expressions to to a trick, right. like you totally get it. Like it's 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 a feeling that that you can't recreate. Um, you you just have to to, to be on stage and live it. It's, you're, it's amazing. You're bonding with three hundred people, five hundred people, fifteen hundred people at one instant. You don't have that in any other venue. You don't have that working at Walmart. You don't have that working right, right. in an office. Yeah. Have your boss breathing down your neck saying, come on, man, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, I mean, we've already done 40 minutes, and I have uh, half a page of notes here for you. So um, tell everybody where they can find your music on. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. Tell everybody where they can find your music real quick before we change subjects to podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, Among War on Spotify. I do have some stuff on YouTube as well. It's kind of hard to find on YouTube, so just type in Among War and type in either Day of Reckoning or Point the Finger. Um, I only have two tracks on YouTube, and I have three tracks on Spotify. I am working on writing some more music. I was supposed to bring out some last year, and I kind of got carried away with other content, but there is music coming out soon. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Spotify is the main one that I push, but it's on all streaming platforms. I go through DistroKid, so anything that DistroKid has other hand in my music will be a part of so um tell us about your podcast journey how's that going like i said we got 18 minutes left so okay cool so i started podcasting in 2017 with a buddy of mine uh the podcast was called mind at large um that podcast we went in as trying to be co-hosts um we had creative differences so i eventually walked away um but i wanted to continue doing podcasting i enjoyed talking about stuff i enjoyed doing uh, monologues and stuff like that and my old co-host from that podcast said hey man if anybody can pull off doing it by themselves i think you could uh, he's like you have a knack for just talking and ranting and um giving long-winded answers as your uh your listeners are finding out that this way that i give long-winded answers but he's like you, i think you can pull that off so he gave me kind of the drive to do it. Um, and again, I went into podcasting not knowing a thing about podcasting, not knowing a thing about how to record audio and all that stuff. I had a, a very small background in the mixing department. Um, so in 2020, I got tired of my day-to-day -day job. My wife said, look, you've uh, been uh, busting your butt your whole life. You worked six, hour day, uh, six, six days a week, 12-hour days. For a whole year so i could be at home with our, our daughter it's your turn so i completely quit my job went head first into podcasting used youtube as a, a platform to learn how to do everything um started doing podcasting started guesting on podcasts i funny enough i met nolan from every podcast i love is dead that way uh, i was his first guest he was my first guest and then a year later we ended up making a, another podcast so my solo podcast is called the cognitive discourse um i just do whatever i want on that podcast monologues 
motivational type monologues, uh, me just talking about subjects that interest me, um, and trying to have an open forum. Uh, eventually, want to have more guests so we can have those conversations that most people don't want to have, um, but it allows us to have an open dialogue so we can find common ground. I think that's a lost art nowadays in society. I think uh, you have too many people just screaming at each other and nobody's actually listening mm -hmm. uh, to the other person. So that's kind of my mission with that podcast. Once I'm in a bigger place and I can um, have people come in uh, on a personal level and have that dialogue, um, the, the podcast will start to kind of evolve a little bit. But me and Nolan uh, last year created another podcast, which is, We call it a podcast, but it's more of a YouTube show. Uh, it's called Basic Ass Dudes, and we talk pop culture stuff. So we get away from, you know, po uh, political stuff, get away from all the stuff that people are fighting about, and we want you to just come for an hour and, you know, take a break from how crazy the world is right now and just talk about things that are nostalgic. Uh, we talk about movies. We talk about music. We talk about video games. We make dream bands. Uh, we make... Uh, You know, all kinds of wishes. We talked about Magic the Gathering on one of our episodes. We just talk about nerd stuff. Um, and then on that one, we wanted to build a community. So with that podcast, we have built a community of other podcasters. So now the podcasters within our community, we, uh, instead of doing ads like most people do, we're not monetized. You know, we don't have the ad sponsorship type stuff. So instead, our ad revenue, which I wouldn't even call it revenue because we don't make money off of it, but our ad slots, rather, Um, our other podcasts. So we have our podcasting friends make promos and we play their promos on our show in place of ads for right now. And uh, it allows us to spread the word of other podcasters. Uh, we have a discord, which I had told you in a private message um, that we have of podcasters in so we can share ideas, um, you know, and, and share guests. We have a, a list of guests that we all kind of share with each other. Um, and then we also are building our relationships with bands Because I'm a music nerd and my co-host is a music nerd, he's also a musician, uh, we reach out to bands and we're able to spotlight bands on uh, basic-ass dudes. And it allows us to uh, showcase bands that um, may be in a smaller market. And we want to, our goal is to have us all grow together. Uh, again, we're all in the same boat together. We don't see why people want to break other people down. We want to do the opposite of that and build people up. So we've built some really cool relationships. A lot of these bands we talk to on a personal level still. I message a lot of these bands. Uh, Disconnected Souls and Casket Robbery are two examples of bands that we talk on private messages all the time, uh, and we learn from each other. Uh, we learn strategies and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, I also do a one-hour show on uh, Super Cool Radio with Matthew Thomas. I do a, an hour block called The Brutal Block every Tuesday at noon. And it's just me playing metal music, me just being able to be a DJ. Uh, what DJs used to be back in the day, we're trying to, we're trying to bring that back and just have fun with it. Uh, that show I do completely free uh, because I do put bigger names in there, but I put the bigger names in there to kind of draw attention so that those smaller bands can also be uh, heard as well. So I know the smaller bands really do appreciate it. They reach out to me and tell me, thank you for putting them on the list. Um, so Again, it's all about growing together, and we want to try to spread as much positivity as possible and, and just root each other on because you guys know as well as podcasters, you have dark days. You have days where you're like, man, am I doing the right thing, or I really don't want to edit, or I really don't want to upload. I really don't feel like you know doing this interview, um, and you have those dark clouds, and having another group of podcasters to be like, hey, man, we've all been there and, and kind of coach you through it and help you through it. Um, it, it it's been very helpful, I know, for me and, and, and I'm sure for, for everyone else. Do you um, – I just lost my whole train of thought. Sorry. No, no, it's all me. I, I was reading the note and then I was going to – looked up at the microphone. I just lost my train of thought. As far as you said people bringing each other down, do you – that's what I was going to say. Do you think it's the people that are struggling are the ones bringing other people down? It seems like, you know, the people on top of their game are like myself and, and you that we're trying to hold the other people up. We're trying to, it, there's enough room for everybody to succeed. Don't you think that that famine thing is people that are, that rude attitude and bringing people down or the famine thinking? Yeah, I definitely think jaded people are, are quote unquote, the, the biggest haters. Um, one thing that I've learned in the in the short time that I've been doing this stuff, and even in my music career, um, if you are an individual that is focused on 
succeeding and you keep yourself busy and you're creating content and um, you're doing something that you love, you ain't got time to hate on anybody else. Right. Exactly. You're on, on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so the people who are um, who are, are typically hating on somebody else are people who um, have idle hands. Um, and as they say, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. So they're going to, they're the ones that are going to spread that negativity. They're the ones that are going to, uh, they don't like that you are, are confident and happy in what you're doing. So they want to share their misery with you. So I don't let a lot of that stuff uh, bother me. I always find it funny when I see YouTube, big YouTubers, um, big content creators address haters. Um, I, I feel like it's, it's a noob move. Um, don't let that stuff bother you. Uh, you're gonna get that. There's there's always one of them in a group, and 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 people just who are miserable like to share that misery. I, I on the other hand, fully believe that you have to spread positive energy, and if you want positive energy to come to you, you need to exude that positive energy and not let any type of negative energy uh, within you at all, because then that's just gonna be a spiral down to a place you don't want to be. I had a comedian friend tell me that you know I only put like positive stuff on my channel and I only put you know positive stuff on my Facebook and he was like you know you're you must be you're you're trying to put that face out that everything's all good and everything and it's, I'm like it is it it really is I mean we have a television show I put that when my car breaks down but you know what the car broke down and we still got to the gig on time everything yeah. worked out even the negative stuff it seems to work out I don't have to dwell on negativity. Some of those people that, that put that, you know, they're going through a divorce and then every day they're talking about their ex on Facebook, just, it drives me crazy. <laughs> it it does. I mean, is that really all life is, is just negative? You, you're you living the wrong life. It, you only get one chance at this. You need to turn that coin over and... Look at the good stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that, that all boils down to the individual themselves. Um, and again, a, a lot of the people who get mad when I say certain things, um, it, again, it, it, it comes down to, well, I'm saying what I'm saying, but it, it, it ultimately comes down to how you interpret it. So, yes, I've lived a dark life. I've had a lot of negativity within my life. But there comes a point when you come to that crossroads and says, you, you tell yourself, okay, am I going to let this consume me? Am I going to let this define who I am? Or am I going to go down the other path and say, it's unfortunate, I got a crappy hand dealt to me, but how do I make it work in my favor? How mm. do I turn a negative into a positive? And no matter how much life is going to beat you down, you have to stay strong and say, you know what, I'm not going to let that negativity consume me. And, 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 and for your friend who says, you know, well, you're always posting positive stuff, almost like you're kind of like trying to ignore all the negativity. Well, yeah, we're aware of it. I'm not, you don't have to not be aware of the negativity, but again, it's how do you react to it? You could react to negativity in a, in a negative way, or you can take that negativity and let it um, and flip it on its head and say, "No, I'm, I'm going I'm to be positive about it." And what can I do to fix it? So I'm not angry. I want to be happy, and, I, and no matter how much negativity comes, I'm not going to let that ruin my happiness. Dude. I like your philosophy. I like yeah, your thinking. Yeah. I like what you're doing. You know, I, I'm just reading your one page and texting you back and forth as I'm studying up on you this morning, listening to your music and everything. And I'm like, this is my kind of dude. He is yeah, out there. Yeah. I put I put on a whole nother list. I'm going to try to go through some stuff real fast. But okay. I said, this is all of your shows that you're doing slash pies. And my wife is like, pies? What the heck are you talking about? I'm like, he's got his finger in a lot of pies here. That's my, yeah. that's my shorthand. Dude, you're you're working hard out there, man. Uh, the Basic Dudes podcast, the Cognitive Discourse, the Brutal Block, Among War Band. That's all you doing everything. You got uh, three different T-shirt brands. Tell us about the T-shirt brands real fast. So I made uh, Rogue Z for the metal community. Uh, again, I'm a metalhead at heart, and I made my favorite color combo is black and green. So uh, any metalheads out there listening, if you want to support Rogue Z. We are a, we're trying to build a metal brand for that. And everything, like I said, is black and green. Among the Brazen, again, I'm from Texas. I'm a Texas boy, born and raised. Uh, we think differently down here. Um, I am pro 2A, and uh, a lot of people think that, you know, we're crazy hicks down here. And, and really, and in reality, um, I have guns to protect myself living out in the country from wild hogs and stuff. They're a problem. Um, so I'm going to run into a wild hog more than I am a bad guy. Um, 
But uh, Among the Brazen is kind of that, you know, Texas love, patriotic type um, brand. And, uh, you know, again, I make brands that, that I, I believe in and that I want to be a part of. Um, and I think everybody has a right to be able to protect themselves. And so that's kind of what Among the Brazen is, is just a patriotic brand. Um, I have a few other brands. Uh, Gay Funnies, I think, is another one that I sent you. Yeah. And that one is pretty much um, funny T-shirts. You know, the, I, I know that those there's people out there that just like to wear shirts that have funny sayings on them. And so I, I make those. Um, I do sell them on a third-party uh, platform uh, that's a pod company. So they basically do print-on-demand. So when somebody orders it, they're the ones that take care of all of that. Uh, but I eventually aspire to pull all of that away and do it myself. Um, I'm still doing research on that. Uh, same thing with Basic S Dudes. We have a lot of products in mind for Basic S Dudes that are going to release later this year. Um, I'm just in the process of researching and figuring out how do I do it to where I have the inventory with me, and then when somebody orders, I can, you know, personally send that out to them and and have you know direct to consumer uh, from from me. So it's a little more personal instead of having to rely on a third party company. <laughs> it's 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 a juggle, man, because we sell merch at our shows and. Um, we have gray t-shirts and pink t-shirts and do you have a child size? Do you have triple X? Do you have that one in this? And we have four different designs, three different designs and four different colors. And it's always the color or design you don't have that four people at the merch table once. So it's like, Ugh! yeah, it, it just, it's yeah. crazy, man. A lot of juggling. One of the things I liked about, about print on demand is I have over, I have probably four or five brands, and over those four or five brands, I have almost 200 designs. Right. So I have like 200 designs on the internet as as we speak, um, but they do take a, a pretty large portion, and I, I'm basically getting paid uh, just to make the designs. Um, so eventually, I like to pull it away, but I thought, I told the wife that exactly what you said. I'm like, it's going to be, we're going to have to just take our, our favorite designs and kind of push those. And then, of course, we want to make sure we have, because we had that exact conversation. There's going to be somebody who's going to want something that we just don't have. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I, you don't have triple X t-shirts. I can't believe it. We order a dozen triple X, and the next thing, you don't have any children's sizes? Yes, they're coming. And then you sell out of the pink. And, well, I only want the pink one. Daggone it. So, yeah, it's a lot of juggling. It's summertime. What are you talking about? Exactly. 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 Dude, thank you so much. Uh, the podcasting network that you have, is that just something that you guys are doing just among your friends? Or is there something that other people from around the world can get involved in? How does that work? Uh, it is a Discord. Um, so it's basically if you're a podcaster and you want to get in on it, just uh, you know, email me at cognitivediscoursepodcast at gmail.com. That's cognitivediscoursepodcast.gmail.com. Um, and I can I can get you in on it. Um, it's, it's just a, podcast, or a Discord server that we use. So, um, I mean, you guys are more than welcome to join it as well. Uh, we just want like-minded podcasters, uh, and we want positivity. So any negativity that comes into the Discord will um, immediately get rid of it. That sounds good to me, man. Hey, how about a website? Anything else you want to plug real quick? Um, just... Check out, uh, we have a Facebook group for Cognitive Discourse, uh, Cognitive Discourse on the Facebook groups. Um, I'm, I'm really not into the internet like I should be. Uh, we do have Instagram, so you can follow me on Instagram. I'm active on Instagram. Um, I push basic-ass dudes the most, so follow us on, on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube um, and follow us on Instagram. That's going to be one of the best ways to get a hold of me and get my attention. Um, if you're a, a band and you want to be on the show, uh, send us an email at basicassdudes at gmail.com basicassdudes at gmail.com uh, and send us a bio your music that you allow us to use and any other information tour dates and stuff like that send it to our email and we'll get you on the show dude you were awesome thank you so much for everything I appreciate it we got a couple plugs and we're gonna get out just stay on the line real fast awesome well thanks for having me you guys are awesome alright oh, thanks on March 5th, uh, from 5.30 to 7.30, I'll be performing close-up magic at your table while you enjoy an amazing multi-course meal. This will be taking place at Lafayette Inn in Standardsville. This event sells out each and every year, so make your reservations today by visiting thelafayetteinn.com. I had a friend reach out the other day. Is it sold out? We haven't heard. We never hear if it's sold out. Not until we get there, yeah. Yeah, so... so uh, inquire. Yeah, Lafayette com. Check it out, guys. It might be already sold out, but if you want to get in... Do it now. Um, our television show, Wes Isley's Magic Life, is picked up by Golden Media Syndication and syndicated across the country. So check your local listings. If you can't find us on your local cable channel, um, go to Roku. 
look for us there. Also, check out our merch at WesIsley.com. That's logo t-shirts, our Magic Life podcast television show t-shirts, Magic Man hats, stickers, playing cards, and more. See you next week. Check us out online at WesIsley.com and Patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.